to another episode of We Did That Shit Podcast, where we talk about who did some shit, how we got through some shit, and what we learned from shit. I'm Maya. And I'm the B. Hey, podcast family. We appreciate your support, and we hope your week was the shit. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Did That Shit. Hey, Maya. Hey. What's good? Life is good right now. I can't life complain. Is good. Life is good. I'm speaking life is good into existence. I don't even want to dwell on what really is wrong or what could be wrong or, you know, just want to focus on life is good. It is good, and it's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens, it's going to be all right. So yep. how was your week? My week was pretty good. I, you know, it's the first week back to work, like a real week mm-hmm. um, after the holiday season. I have still been on time. Well, praise the Lord. I feel so good. I'm not even going to lie. Going to work on time, I really feel good because I feel like you're sticking to something that you said you were going to do. And so I feel good about it. Oh, the only other thing that I've been doing for my week is getting ready for my birthday trip. Mm, well, don't sound so nice. enthused. Must be nice. It is going to be nice. Mm. I can't wait to get there to lay out with a drink and some good food and just some relaxation, some sun, praying for good weather, bringing in my birthday with a bang, telling you my next check box is going to be my best check box. Sounds wonderful. You mm. sound a little angry. It's something about this just doesn't sound genuine. It's, it sounds no, it's, very... It's, uh, it is genuine. Mm. It is genuine. And I really can relate. I know exactly how you feel. I just, you know, I learned my lesson this year during my birthday season. I learned my lesson. And birthday trips are important. And I hope you and Yvette and Julia have a wonderful time. Yes, I hope we have a wonderful time, too. We usually always do. It's a, a We take the time out to reflect. You know, I have Julia and Yvette. We all share the same exact birthday, and we get a kick out of when we go away, and people are like, oh, whose birthday is it? And we're like, all of ours. They're like, what? <laughs> it's our birthday. Can you put something in our room for our birthday? Which one is right. it? All of ours. All of us. <laughs> yes, we're all born on the same day. So <laughs> we do have a blast for that. Um yeah, but that's how my week's been going. And I'll give an update on the birthday trip when I come back. Mm-hmm. How about you? How's your week? Well. When you start off with, well. <laughs> so, <no. laughs> I'm going to tell you what I did. I can't really tell you. My week has been progressive, and that's good, because I really do like progress. And, um, you know, I always have a lot of ideas. I get 50 things in motion. And I was kind of proud of myself because I came home yesterday and I did my stuff. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I thought that was really good. I was proud of myself for that. And today I had a meeting at work today. So I knew I was just so proud of myself. I put on one of my good church dresses, you know, I mean, I dressed, I got dressed for work today. I put my boots on because I've been wearing scrubs lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, my mom always say, when you look good, you feel good, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't matter. You could be angry, depressed, whatever it is. But when you look good, you feel good and you act, you know, you look professional, you act professional. Mm -hmm. And so I put on one of my good dresses today and some boots, put my hair up, you know, power look today Mm -hmm. because I had a meeting and I knew it was going to be some shit. And sure enough, it was. And I was just as calm you know, because I looked good. I can't behave unseemingly right. when I look good. You know, I was just as calm and I was like, you know, boop, boop, boop. And they were looking and I was like, yeah, oh, well, you know, and I just, I took it like a champ and I was really proud of myself. Good Tomorrow for you. I don't have no means. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow's back to the basics. I'm wearing scrubs tomorrow. And then Thursday and Friday, I'm wearing Eagles gear. Well, I know that's right. Congratulations to our Eagles because we advanced to um, the second round of the playoffs. And we are excited about that. Yeah, I was going to say the game, you know, I ain't even been watching football. But I said, okay. I sat here and talked to myself for about 30 minutes. <laughs> I said, are you going to watch this game? You going to watch the game? You going to watch the game? Then I finally was like, all right, let me just turn it on. Then I kept flicking back and forth. But at the end, I was so heated. I was so pissed. I, I walked out the room and right. did not see him mm-hmm. miss the kick. Oh, wow. So when I came back you in did, the room. You did an Uncle Rudy. Yes. Because <laughs> I saw Uncle Rudy. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, why would you let him run down the field like that? Why would you let him catch that? Mm -hmm. So when we finally, you know, I walked out the room. When I came back, it was the post-interview. And I see one of the Eagles players saying, you know, well, we pulled it out. So I'm like, you should have seen my face because I'm like, we won. (laughs) So I had to sit there and watch it. And then I watched the replay. I'm like, oh, we won. And you see Pepsi then already made a commercial. About uh, missing the kick. Oh, and Pepsi had already made a commercial about him. Um, I knew that the game was going to be ugly. I knew the game was going to be ugly because, um, oh, wow, his name just ran through my mind. But our offensive coordinator from last year is now the Bears' offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. So they know a lot of what we do. So I knew that we were really going to have to, you know, play a tough game. And when you're in the playoffs, it's really you depend on defense and special teams. Mm-hmm. You know, offense has to put points on the board, but the defense and special teams are super important, you know, in playoff situations. And I just want to say this one more thing. We play the Saints on Sunday. You know, we've been the underdog before. It happens. Mm-hmm. And I and when we played the Saints during the regular season, it was awful. I mean, we was out mm-hmm. there looking like the Centerville Simbas. I ain't mm-hmm. lying. But they played with Carson Wentz. And like I have been saying all season, this is Nick Foles' team. Yes, it is. You know, and I don't even know why you gave. He yeah, and he got us a Super Bowl. Exactly. exactly. This is Nick Foles' team. So the Saints just need to know they're playing a different team on Sunday. Right. And the reason why they started, Car- you know, because I said the same thing. Like, Nick Foles should have started. But 
you know, they pay Carson Wentz like $20 million and they're not going to pay him $20 million to sit on the bench. Well, I don't care if you pay him $100 million. At the end of the day, Nick Foles took us to the Super Bowl and Nick Foles is the quarterback. won the Super Bowl. So if you pay him $100 million, it doesn't matter. You go with the quarterback who you know is going to win the game. And so good luck to us. Second string Super Bowl quarterback. Who does that? Right. Good luck to us. On That's Sunday, right. and I want to say this before we move on: if we don't win, or if we do win, we are the reigning Super Bowl champions. That's right. So That's moving right. on from that, who did some shit this week? It's just a lot going on. Let's get through through these who did some shits. Okay. What happens when you try to roast a comedian? <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's just, and you know what? Let let I want to be real. Like I don't wish for anybody to ever lose their job. Me either. Ever. You know, it's not a good look. It's not a good thing. Um, but just when you thought you was the staple, the end all be all. Oh my goodness, your contract didn't get renewed. And you must be speaking of Wanda Smith from the V one hundred three morning show in Atlanta with Frank Ski. Right. So well, it was trying to play ahead. my boy Cat Williams cuz you yeah. know I love Cat Williams. I don't care. I love Cat Williams. So she tried to play my boy out. She did try to play him. But he, and he played her. And- <laughs> <laughs> he he played her. And the and the crazy thing about it is Wanda Smith has been a staple on the show. She has been on the show for two decades. 20 years. And so it was a shock all across the board where her contract wasn't renewed along with um, Miss Sophia, who is a drag queen, mm-hmm. their drag queen first host of, of radio morning show. And she was there for four years and she was let go as well. It was so funny because just what you said, when you think that you are a staple and I would think the same thing, she's been there for two decades. Right. You would never think that I'm going to come to work and, I'm not going to have a job, but it's show business and it's what happens. You know, here today. Isn't the show called The Morning Show with Frank and Wanda? Yes, it is. But now it's going to be called The Morning Show with just Frank Frank and somebody else. Right. Okay. And they already have a replacement for both Miss Sophia and Wanda. Um, Is it another transgender person? No, it's not. It's, I don't know if you know who this girl is. Her name is Jade. Noah, uh, she does. I think her last name is Noah. She does all of the impressions of Beyonce, but she's a singer also. But she does a lot of impressions of Beyonce on like Instagram. Well, mm-hmm. she's one of the new hosts, and then they have another male um, host that's replacing Wanda and Miss Sophia. And so Wanda will probably go on to do something else, or maybe that sh- maybe she won't. But her arrogance showed that she thought that she would always have a job when she was trying her best to roast Cat Williams. And Cat Williams was just talking to her, just like me and you are having this conversation now. Calm. She was very aggressive in the situation and she was aggressive because she could not do what she set out to do, which was to bring him down or roast him or whatever she called herself doing. And so, well, bye Wanda. See Wanda, I'm just I'm just gonna put it out there. Cat Williams was on the show. She tried to do whatever she tried to do. Now she don't have no job. And then 
because uh, I always said what he was saying was very matter of fact and it wasn't wrong. And then, you know, New Year's, Tiffany Haddish bombed. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know, mm-hmm. cat to them, nothing. I'm just saying. People say cat. People say Cat Williams is crazy, but I don't think that he's crazy. He's got, you know, he got his little stuff that he got going on, but he was speaking facts and is showing improving. Well, you know, good luck to you, Wanda. We hope you land back on your feet. I guess. Moving on from that, um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about. Did you hear the story about the Democratic contributor Ed Buck? Okay, Ed Buck is, he's like a fundraiser for the Democrats, and he's really pro-LGBTQ+. Yes. Him, okay, yes. Yes. Like another body or something? Yes, so another body. This is the second body that was found in his Los Angeles, West Hollywood apartment. Back in 2017, a body of a black male escort his name was Jamil Moore. He was 26. He mm-hmm. was found in Ed Buck's apartment dead from an overdose, apparent overdose of crystal meth. Now you fast forward a year and a couple of months and another male was found in his apartment dead. They're not saying what he died from just yet. But it is reported that this person was found in his apartment. And they said that he was a longtime friend of Ed Bucks and that he was calling him. He was all erratic. He said that he wanted to come over. Ed Buck was like, no. Then he finally let him come over. And then when he came over, it was all kinds of bizarre. He was acting very bizarre. And then all of a sudden the cops was called and this man was pronounced dead. It is important to note that these are black men that are being found dead in this man's apartment. Do you think that this is a coincidence? Cause I absolutely so. not to me. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a damn duck. Exactly. And for two black men and they, he, they were going to press charges on him for the first guy. And for whatever reason, the grand jury didn't indict. Well, they didn't indict because of who he is. No, you know, no, no. He is a he, prominent. No, they didn't. No. And that's what they're saying. That's what well, he's that's, a nobody. Because I was thinking when I first heard this, I was thinking that this man raises millions and millions of dollars for the Democrats. In, two, in the 2008 election, he only raised $53,000. Right. That ain't no money. No, it's not any money, but at the end of the day, whether it's uh, millions of dollars or it's thousands of dollars, he's a white male. He is influential in the Democratic Party and he's a white male. And so they didn't press charges on him because of those reasons. Nothing else, because all of the signs were pointing to that him as a murderer. Now you found another man in this man's apartment. What are they going to say now? But because it's black bodies being found, they're probably not. He's probably going to get off with this as well. And he can he's going to continue to do it because he knows that he can get away with it. Mm -hmm. And if no one is stepping up to the plate to protect these men, you know, these men are coming into an environment where they think that they're going to be paid for something, not murdered. I, I'm, I'm really going to follow this story. It'd be very interesting to find out what's going to happen next, because again, this is not a coincidence. You heard that they found the people who murdered 
Jasmine Barnes, uh, the seven-year-old who was killed in a drive-by shooting uh, in a car with her mother in Houston, Texas. We spoke about it on last week. Well, it's come out this week that they found the killers of Jasmine Barnes. Two men have been arrested. Two black, black men. men. I posted this on um, our Twitter page mm-hmm. because when when the first young man was arrested, you know, because originally they said it was a white man in a red pickup truck. Right. And um, when they first came out saying that they arrested someone in the case, there was only pictures of the victim, the victim's family, and and there was no mention or no pictures, no mugshot, nothing mm-hmm. of who they arrested. And that's because, A, they knew he was black when everybody said they was looking for a white man. And B, if he really was white, they continue to criminalize us. Mm-hmm. They continue to show our face and associate it with violence. You know, and that was my thing then before I knew that the person that they arrested was African-American. I was like, why aren't they saying if he's Caucasian, because that's what was being said. You know, why isn't there a picture of him? And that got on my nerves. So, you know, the activist Sean King, he was recently, he was tweeting and Instagramming and doing what he does all about the case. And he said that it was a white man in a red pickup truck. He actually named a person who they thought the suspect was. Now he's getting all kinds of backlash and death threats because he named this white man that, you know, did not do it. To me, I still feel like it's some funny business going on. And that's just for me. You know, I'm not saying that these men that they found, 23 and 20 year old men that they found aren't guilty of the crime but it just something about this story still feels fishy to me well i don't know which when the story first broke and we talked about it last week on who did some shit and we said that it was a hate crime it was because of what no you said it was a hate crime no i said i said no i did not say that well they listed it as a hate crime because yes that's what Exactly. Okay. So, but I said, you know, it just didn't. It what didn't make sense to me is, you know, uh, random shootings are unless they're like those big mass shootings or whatever. It just doesn't make sense for somebody to target someone at random, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't. It doesn't often happen. And I was, and I said, I said this must be a case of mistaken identity or something like a gang initiation or something, because it just didn't make sense. And in one of the articles I read, uh, the first man that was arrested said it was the wrong car, the wrong Mm -hmm. person. Well, I don't know if I don't, I don't know if I believe that statement to be true, that random acts of violence just don't happen or random random shootings just don't happen. Random shootings just don't happen. I think that in the world, I'm sorry. I mean, no, listen, I think that the world that we live in now in 2019, I think that something like that is not far fetched at all. First of all, people get killed when you're shooting when you're shooting outside and a bullet comes through your window because that's they a, right, outside. that's a straight bullet. That's random. Yeah. This was this, mm-hmm. this was not what random. I'm this trying was to targeted. Say. It yeah, was but targeted. they didn't target Jasmine Barnes' car. They mother's targeted car. the car. They targeted her and the family as they were walking out. Yes, they were targets, and it was the wrong person. 
When when you talk random target, random you, acts of violence happen, but yeah, when you're when someone is targeted, they are targeted. They were targeted, and they were targeted for a reason usually. And if the person say I don't know them, because the my original thought was you know maybe she was involved with somebody and they were retaliating you know on that person by getting to the family or something like that. But because they end up saying that the reason was then if that's it the was case. it was the wrong it was they were. They were targeting someone. It wasn't her. It was the wrong person. Wrong. So car. they was targeting a woman in yeah. a blue car, whatever car she whatever, was in. Right. And he so said, they was targeting a woman in a blue it, car. They said but they, it, but it, they saw her come out of the Walmart because she no, was coming out they of the said, Walmart. They, what they okay. said is based on based on the young man's statement, they believe it was a case of mistaken identity. Because random targets just don't, you know, unless it's like a mass shooting or things like that. It's just, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying it's rare. I don't think. Okay. I don't think it's rare at all. I think okay. it's it is, Random acts shoot. of violence is not rare, but targeting random people is rare. Okay. If you say so. What's next? <laughs> yeah, because, okay. Let's, let's I mean, did on. you get your whole thought out on that? That's just my thought. It's, you know. Well, first of all, are you saying that is are you saying that is your thought or what it is? Because because you you keep going on and on and on like no, it's that it just doesn't happen. Yeah, we I didn't say agree. it doesn't happen. We can I'm agree to we rare. can agree to disagree. It's okay. We can agree to disagree. Right. That's fine. It's rare. More more to come. <laughs> no, it's no more to come. They no, call we'll the be people. More arrested. We'll get more information on what happened. Well, is it at the end of the day, now that they have arrested these two people and charged them with capital murder, it doesn't matter what the cause was, if it was random, if they were targeted, the child is dead, and they had the two people arrested for the crime. You didn't you and tell me still looking the for people, the white man. Didn't still you tell for the white me, man. Well what they were looking for the white man for? Because um they said that, you know, because the statement was a white man in a red truck pulling off. They still have the footage from the parking lot and they're still looking for him because if he wasn't involved, he's a witness and he may have more information. Okay. Like I said, something about this story seems kind of funny to me. Moving on from that, let's talk about the woman in Phoenix, Arizona, who has been in a vegetative state for 14 years. And on December 29th, she gave birth to a baby boy. Well, why don't you just say, let's talk about rape? Well, let's talk about rape. Okay. So someone, she's 22, right? She's about 22 Mm -hmm. years old. And she's living in the nursing home. Somebody's raping her in the nursing home. Since this has happened, it happened at the High Sienna Healthcare Nursing Home, like I said, in Phoenix, Arizona. Since this has happened... The CEO of the facility has stepped down. Since it has happened, they have up security in the facility. And my thing is is that- I hope they got that man's DNA before he resigned. He resigned immediately too, like left that day. Here's my letter of goodbye. Let me tell you something. He left immediately. Like, And it wasn't like, oh, I'm not going to wait around for y'all to fire me. It was, let me get out of here before they run that DNA test. I don't trust nobody now. Certainly, she was raped. That's number one. And the sad part is, you know, she had a baby. She's in this vegetative state. She's sexually active. Her health providers don't know it. She could have 
all kind of other conditions going on, you know, sexually transmitted diseases. It could be uh, one person or it could be more than one person because sometimes these deviants, they tell their friends, even if you don't tell your friends, there could be more than one deviant on the premises, you know, and it's just a sad, sad thing. It's just terrible. The police are opening up have opened up an investigation on the incident. And of course the family police saying it's rape. The police have not, if if they are saying that it's rape, they have not said it in the media that it was rape. They're just talking about the incident, talking about what happened in the incident, but they're not coming out and saying well, that she was actually raped. But I mean, you, it's clear to see what happened. And right. You know that it was an inside job because like I said, she's not having visits and then they're giving them an hour because they know that they're having conjugal visits or, you know, that's not what's going on. And so because of that, yes, it's clear that she was raped. The family uh, believes so. And the fact that she gave birth and like you said, it could be multiple people and one person that slipped up and, you know, but this is another thing that I had to say. Her belly had to have been growing. Well, yeah, they knew it. They knew she was right. They had to have known. Right. Well, I mean, you turn it on. Once, eye once to her everything belly starts growing, I mean, I'm sure. Oh, you know what? Because why did he just resign today? Because he the daddy. I'm t- look. I don't know if he's. I don't know I'll, if he's the daddy, but I do know that somebody in that facility is the dad, and I do know that if somebody in that facility is not the father, then they have access to that facility, and it's not a visitor. And so right. you knew that this person's belly was getting larger, but you didn't say anything about it. And then what did you think was going to happen when she gave birth? And then you tell me that some stuff that you were reading um, that. They failed a health inspection. Medic, and this is according to Medicare on Medicare's website. It says that the facility was uh, substandard. You know, with a lot of failures, and they have to come back, fix this, and we'll be back, fix this. And they've been substandard uh, for quite a while. But in their last substandard inspection was 2017. Right, and it's now j- the beginning of 2019, and here it is that something like this is happening. Well, I hope that they close the place down. I hope that this family sues and that it, because no amount of money can change the situation. I mean, it's always uh, suing someone is such like a catch 22 to me. It's like when families are awarded money, when people are murdered, it's like, oh, okay, we get this money, but we don't have our loved one. And the most important thing is the loved one. Now, this young woman is not going to be a mother to her child, then it in turn makes her family be accountable for this baby who they knew nothing about, who they're already accountable for their child, you know, and what she's going through and probably covering medical costs for her. And now they have to take on another mouth to feed because right. of the neglect from this healthcare facility. Right. It is a sad situation. More importantly, what you said is rape. It's rape. It's rape. It is and rape. it is so many instances of rape yes. going around yes. because I'm realizing that we really do live in, in a rape culture. And rape culture wasn't like people weren't talking about rape culture before a couple of years ago when it became uh, largely popular on social media and people started talking about rape culture and what rape culture is. And it's funny because when they started talking about it, some of the instances you're kind of like, oh, that's like regular. Or Mm -hmm. you think like it's normal because of the way that you grew up and things that you 
were exposed to, you think that certain things are normal, like the younger woman dating the older guy, right? You know, but those things, are once not- people start telling you what rape culture is, it's not normal at all. And that brings me to the next shit. So you heard about Centoya Brown. Yes. This was the young girl who at age 15, she was tried as an adult because she, and she was sentenced to 51 years. She was sentenced to life. Well, she was, but I think it was 51 years to life. She was sentenced to life and she had to serve 51 years before she was eligible for parole. Right, because you got to do 85% of your time. Okay, but she was tried as an adult when she was 15. She served 15 years of her prison sentence and it just came out that she was granted. He commuted her sentence. No, she didn't get clemency. He he commuted her sentence. So the governor of Tennessee, Bill Haslam, uh, granted her, no, he granted her clemency. And she'll be released to parole supervision in August. She's already served 15 years. She became popular on social media a couple of years back. People mm-hmm. got a hold of her story. story they actually right. did they actually a did a, movie, or something. Uh, yeah. a documentary on her right. life and they talked all about how she was lured into sex trafficking. She was working as a sex worker at the age that she, she was, was being trafficked. Yeah. Right. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. She was she was she was lured into sex trafficking. And then she was working as a prostitute when she was convicted of this murder, she murdered a man who had solicited her for sex. He was a much older man. They said that the sentence was so harsh because not only did she murder him, but then she robbed him. She stated that she robbed him because she was scared. She was scared of a pimp that she had at the time right. named Cutthroat. Right. And Mm -hmm. that she knew that she had to take him back some kind of money because if she didn't, then she would be next to be murdered. And so that was the reason why she stole the man's money and then she took it to to her pimp. And people had been advocating for her to get out because they were saying, A, she was a child. B, she was a child that was lured into sex trafficking. She She did not know what she was doing. She was under distress. And I am glad that they granted this girl clemency because this was not her fault. And I'm not saying that she shouldn't have had to pay for murdering somebody, but she has paid. People get sentenced. She has paid less, you know, much less for doing much worse. Speaking of a rapist, a person can rape somebody and get two years in jail where you have this young girl who got life in prison. Not just that. Well, she was raped. 15. Right. And every and I don't feel bad for this man at all. And yeah. where the hell is cutthroat? He ain't locked up. No, she was 15 when this happened. 16 when she got sentenced. You get no sympathy from me. You're 43 having sex with a 15-year-old and paying for it. And I, rape is such a damaging thing to somebody. Now you have this young girl who has gone through all of this stuff going through rape, being raped herself, you know, lured into sex trafficking, being involved with a, with a pimp whose name was Cutthroat, who really was Cutthroat, who was abusing her, subjecting her to older men who were in, in turn doing the same thing. And then you don't expect for this young girl to snap. Not so much 
snap because she really didn't. She responded, but she, she responded went right to back to her pimp. pimp you know what yeah. I mean? So she because when she robbed them, she took she didn't take the money and leave. She took oh, the she money and money. gave it to Cutthroat. Yeah, but then that just goes to show you the reason why that these men prey on these young exactly. girls because they know that they could coerce their mind into doing what they want to do. They know that a lot of times that these young girls that are trafficked are suffering from lack of love. Mm-hmm. So they lure them in because that's what abusers do of any kind. They lure you in. They show you all of the things that they think that you're missing and they make you feel like you are the most important thing in the world. And slowly but surely they nip away at that self-esteem, the self-confidence, and they make you do what it is that they want you to do. And they use terms like, well, if you love me, you would do this. Right. And right. you are lacking love. You think that this is the only person that's going to do something for Mm -hmm. you you know they make you they they tell you things like nobody else is going to want you Mm -hmm. nobody else likes you i'm the only one that's caring for you i'm the only one that's feeding you Mm -hmm. and if somebody embeds something they punch you in the face exactly and then they play off of your fear so Mm -hmm. now you're scared to leave them you're scared to leave them in the same token you thinking that you love them and it's just a vicious cycle that just goes on and on and on and right go ahead i want to but the only thing i really want to know is why is why is she staying till august I want to, like, how, why does she have that much more time to spend? Why can't she be paroled now? Right. Well, I didn't read, and I've been reading. I've been reading. I've been reading. There's nothing Right. That's what I was going to say. I've been reading, and nothing says the reason why the governor didn't commute the sentence so that she can go home tomorrow. I mean, but I think that after serving 15 years, I'm sure in her mind, even if she has to stay until August, she's going to go home. And if you have already endured and suffered so much that this girl has suffered, and just think about it, she's got to come home and now rebuild her life. And that doesn't mean rebuild her life and transition herself into society by like getting a job, getting a place. No, that doesn't mean that. That means building her mental, her mental capacity capacity to be able to deal with life as it is now. Well, she, one the of the kid, things that I, go ahead. Right. But one of the things I thought was interesting uh when I read was A, she thanked her family for all their support. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, well, where the hell was your family when you was tricking as a teenager? Right. What what kind of what family are we speaking of? Um that was one and another thing is that you know she almost earned her bachelor's degree now. She's in she's in college. She takes online classes at um, some university and she only has like a few more classes to get her bachelor's degree. But she does have um, education and that played a big part in the governor's decision to um, grant her the, you know, the clemency. And but she so she's getting things together. So it looks like she has family support, even though uh, maybe it's a, a new family or something. I don't know. But um, she has some education behind her. She's, uh, they said she's been to classes on anger management, trauma, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so she's been receiving those kind of classes and she's going to go to like a halfway house. She's still being let out on parole supervision. Right. So she'll still have For to do the mandated. Too. Yeah, like she'll still have now. to do the mandated things that come along with parole. But the fact that she got this, it just really s- speaks to the movement that people have going on with the Me Too and, you know, exposing things of this nature. Now that we're talking about it, let's talk about Surviving R. Kelly. Surviving R. R. Kelly, the documentary, is like tearing up families. People are having, like, I had a full-fledged argument with somebody. First of all, I didn't even want to watch it. I did not want to watch it. But Jiggy... Is like this is no, we watching this exactly. And Jiggy recorded it and he got he signed in petitions, silence, or like he all in the movement. You hear me? He is like Mm -hmm. so serious. This is terrible. Mm -hmm. I can't even believe this man is alive. You know, right? This is my thing. A, how is Bill Cosby in prison? Hello, for consenting adults and have you know, you're drugged up, whatever. I don't know, but how is he in prison and this man isn't? That's number one. Number two. As a parent, and I'm a parent, how in the world do you let your child, you know, where are these, and these clear, where are these parents from? Because the ones that was like knocking on the door and then throwing rocks at the window. That's crazy. They clearly can't be from the hood. Because when you're from the hood, you know how to get into a building. I mean, it's not the White House. It's not Buckingham Palace. It's not, they don't have guard. I don't, I was confused by that whole. I was confused by the whole part with the parents at the end. And let let, well, let's back up because we jump ahead. Because I was very confused, and we'll get to the confusion of the parents because you know I got some to say about that. But just the beginning of the docu series. So it was a six part docu series, and it was telling all about R. Kelly and how for years, 20 plus years, R. Kelly has been out here being a star and a rapist and raping younger. I had, it started with Aaliyah. Yes. And I had a problem with that then. And I, I was never a fan and I never liked Aaliyah's parents and I never liked, I, I, couldn't deal with Aaliyah, God rest her soul, and I never and I did not like R. Well, Kelly. Aaliyah was from, a child, so she was a kid. But Aaliyah, because she was a ch- she was a child being because much like Centoya and exactly. what she went through, Aaliyah experienced some of the same thing because R. Kelly. All of these years that R. Kelly and the R. Kelly and Aaliyah thing came out, I thought that R. Kelly was like. 21 or 20 or something like that. And Aaliyah was 15. I had no idea until this docuseries that R. Kelly was 27 and that Aaliyah was 15. I never knew that. Then prior to the docuseries coming out, Aaliyah's parents released a statement and they said, these were false allegations. They can't believe that this is coming out about their daughter. That makes them bad parents. They were, they're not bad parents. They were with their child every second of the day. And I'm thinking to myself, well, the girl on the background singer said that she walked in on Aaliyah and R. Kelly having sex on a damn tour bus. So if you walked in Hello. when she was having sex on a tour bus, what was that? Was one you? of the 15 seconds that you right. wasn't with your child. And right. here's the thing. Kids, because I've been a kid, do sneaky shit. 
mm-hmm. all the time. You know, you sneak off away from your parents, you go out and you do whatever you think you've grown enough to do. It happens. I'm not saying that it don't happen. But the fact that Aaliyah was uh, allegedly pregnant, which was the reason why R. Kelly married her in the first place. When all of this was going on, you stated in your statement that you was with your child every second of the day. So this couldn't have happened, but it did happen. It mm-hmm. was it was legal documents showing that they were married and it was legal documents showing that they got it annulled. And you, the parents, are the person who got it annulled. So you was in on it. And how Not- did you get it annulled when they were clearly having sex? Not to mention the fact that Aaliyah's family owns R. Kelly's publishing, allegedly. If your family owns his his publishing, allegedly, they own it because it was down payment. Right. It was payoff. Of what happened. Right. And it was hush money to keep you quiet. And if if they do own the publishing, because year a couple of years ago, it did come out that R. Kelly didn't own his own publishing. It was a major right. thing because it's like he's written songs for everybody, mm-hmm. whatever, and mm-hmm. he didn't own his own publishing. Now it's coming out allegedly. It's all alleged. But him not owning his publishing is not alleged, but them owning his publishing is alleged. If you own his publishing, that means that you are still getting paid from it right now. So you're still benefiting off of the fact that your 15 year old child married and has sex with and was pregnant for a 27 year old man. And this is, and this is when I had a, I had a problem with that. And when Aaliyah was like 17 is when the first next thing came out. He was dating somebody that was 16. And I said, oh, he a tree jumper. Right. Oh, this guy's a tree jumper. Because, I mean, it's one thing. There have been times where men marry women, you know, younger than them. They fall in love. They're teenagers. They're married forever and all that other kind of stuff. But, I mean, when you turn 17 and a half and he got to look for another 15-year-old, that's a problem. Yeah, no doubt. He's now- we, you know, he's, he definitely is sick. And if yeah. nobody thought that he was sick prior to this docu-series, if you watch this, then it's truth to it. And here's the thing. I was telling a friend of mine, I said, well, if, if 17 women is saying the same exact thing, then it happened. And it might not have happened to all 17 of them, but it happened to somebody in that story because everybody don't have the same story. Now, that's the same thing that happened with Bill Cosby. It was all of you, you all had the same exact story. Well, the first time it happened, the second time when I went back and even though I- That's why I don't believe half of them because they all got the same exact story like somebody fed it to them. And another thing about the Bill Cosby people, not even to, I, I swear, I swear this is not victim blaming, but if you felt like you were raped, why did why you, you go back? take the money? Not did you go back. Why did you take money from this person? And mm-hmm. why did you spend the money? Because even if you sued and your lawyer said, hey, you entitled to $6 million, you should have took that $6 million and put it in the fund somewhere because you don't need $6 million from a motherfucker that raped you. So all that, that's that's what I'm saying about that. But back to surviving R. Kelly. It was just countless story after story about all of these young girls that he was seeing. And they got younger and younger and, and younger. younger. Mm-hmm. What pissed me off the most, it was three things that pissed me off about that documentary. No, four things. Okay. One, it happened. Right. Period. Two, all of the grown ass men. That allowed it to happen. That allowed it to happen because mm-hmm. there's no way on God's green earth that R. Kelly was do doing all of that stuff, stuff that's right. and that that's he was right. getting away with it. 
by himself. And now you want to get on a documentary and you want to talk about he's such a monster, this happened, but at the time he was paying us this, that, and the dirt. So if you were still on his damn payroll, then he's then he wouldn't be a monster. But now that you off his payroll, you want to come on TV monster, right. and look like a victim. But you're not a victim because one of the men said. Oh, they knew about the Aaliyah thing. Another man said, oh, yeah, beds everywhere. He was uh, bending young girls over, filling on their booty. That's when mm-hmm. he was writing us, filling on your booty. The one man said, oh, yeah, we watched the sex tape. That played over and over and over. So right. you was watching a grown man pee on a 14-year-old child mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. was with it. And now you want to look like a victim on a documentary and talk about, oh, I can't believe it. No, you could believe it because you was watching it with him. Mm-hmm. He was there when he was doing it. Right. He was abusing his wife when he was abusing the young girls. A, you was the handler going to go get the young girls. Exactly. You was taking the young girls out the damn audience to bring them there. You was in the car with his ass when he was sitting at the high schools seeking out the young girls. You was everywhere with the man. So you just as guilty as his ass. And what about his dumbass brother? His bro- the, which one? The one that's in jail or the one he yes. brings the second? The one that's in jail. But the one that's in jail was sitting there justifying every single thing that the man was doing. Exactly. And I was like, oh, okay. When I watched it, the first thing I thought, I said, oh, his brother do it too. His brother mm, was doing it too. That's why he locked up, huh? The reason why you sitting there, we don't know what the brother locked up for, but you can't tell me that he wasn't a part of, not maybe R. Kelly's thing, but he had his own thing going on. But with when, some he young- said, when, when he said the brother that's incarcerated, Robert was going to pay the other brother a hundred thousand dollars to say it was him he was like he should have just did it he could have been rich i was just like a goofy (laughs) a grown-ass man talk about a hundred thousand dollars was gonna make him rich that's that thing made me know and i already noticed but when you see it in front of you it's just more disgusting that people really will do anything no matter what it is they'll do anything for a dollar to the down to the fact that these parents were pimping out their own children. Yes, you didn't go through the four things. Oh, that I'm made sorry. You, yeah. So I said That's the first number thing two. was that it happened. The second, the second thing, thing was the damn man. man. Right. The third thing was the parents at the end yeah. of the documentary. The parents at the end of the documentary throwing rocks. My blood is boiling right now thinking about these parents pimping their kids out. And you on you on there like, oh my gosh, we haven't seen our kid in three years. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like because now you want to be a victim. Everybody right. wants to be a victim because and now you, it's coming out that you, you are sent a part your of the child problem. there. And you sent your child there knowing that he had all of these allegations. He didn't want the trial, everything. I don't care if he was not guilty or not. It it doesn't matter. It People said it happened. You have to vie on the side of caution. Which brings me to my fourth thing before I go back to those parents. Sparkle. Oh, my God. The and, fact and that you're on there. Like she was saying something, too. I mean, she, first of all, there is no way in the creation of God that you would say you heard all of these rumblings about this man being a pedophile, uh, uh, raping young girls, holding mm-hmm. them hostage. You see, you know, and you say, you know what? I'm going to bring my niece here because he could probably help her. Not mm-hmm. only do you bring your niece there, but you leave your niece there. You mm-hmm. say out your mouth, oh, well, I had never seen it, but you heard it. If you heard it, 
50 times from different places it happened. And if you heard it once in your mind, you are supposed to be protecting children. And so it's no way that you should have left your niece. And then she said her, when she came back to the studio, her niece was like, Oh, we having a sleepover at ours house. We are, um, having cookies and this, that, and the third. And you was like, okay. Oh, okay. And you ain't snatch her out of there. Oh, wait. And I got one more thing. So the fifth thing is all of the parents who, when the one girl was talking Lisa and she was like, my mom couldn't get a hold of us in the studio. She was calling the studio, but she couldn't get a hold of me. And she thought something was strange. What did you say to your mom? Did you call your mom up when you met R. Kelly? And you was like, girl, I met R. Kelly. I'm going to be going for a couple of days. I'm flying out to Cincinnati with him. And then you just never came home. And your mom never came and got you. Oh, your mom yeah. was like, oh, all right, yeah, then go ahead. From Kim. I just, and, I and don't. It all down to money. It all boiled down to them keeping quiet because you can't tell me that he wasn't paying these people's parents off. You cannot. Right. Right. Because these were instances that they were happening one time. He was raping young girls. Then he was sending them on their merry way. No, he was raping them, kidnapping them. He had them exactly where he was. Mm -hmm. And this boy who I had a lot of respect for prior to today said on Twitter, well, I'm not taking up for R. Kelly, but I just want to know what is the crime? What? And and this person And this is what I'm talking about. It's the rape children. culture. The rape culture is so Pre- common, prevalent. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It really is. They think like, oh, they was there. They wanted it. Let me tell you something. A 14-year-old a do, does not know what they want. No, and it's illegal. Exactly. What's the crime? The crime is statutory rape. That's and the everybody kept saying that. Goof and everybody kept saying that to him, and he kept saying, "No, it's not. No, it's not." So I put out a tweet, and I said, "It amazes me that people who have children question anything about R. Kelly." What I will say to those people is this: Just sit back, think about if it was your kid, then tweet what you just tweeted out again. Because how would you feel? It's mind-boggling. And you know, you're going to have a lot of people with saying different things. You know, I got into this Facebook thing with somebody that I knew because she was like, oh, well, don't forget that, you know, when older guys was picking us up from Wilson and this, that, and the third. And like I said, I was 16 and I was dating a 20-year-old. I talked to a 20-year-old before. Sure. Yeah, it happened. Listen, what I'm trying to say is I had, but it happened. But like I told her, I said, I was 16 dating a 20-year-old, but I wasn't 16 having sex with a 20-year-old. I wasn't 16 getting abused by a 20-year-old. Right. I wasn't 16 getting taken away from my mother, and she couldn't contact me by a right. 20-year-old. Exactly. And those are the differences. It's not the fact that young girls date uh, older men. Shit, look at your grandmother. Your grandmother, she was at 17 when she married your damn 30-year-old granddaddy. I'm not saying it don't happen, but your grandmother wasn't getting abused. Your grandmother wasn't getting raped. Your grandmother wasn't being held hostage. Your grandmother wasn't being able to not being able to contact her family. Those are the key differences when you talk about how older men date younger women or vice versa. There are it, there are a lot of key differences, but the rape culture is so prevalent and a lot of people do not see 
wrong in the abuses of women. They just and don't. Black they, women they, specifically. Spe- right, because you know good and goddamn well if these were white girls, he would be under the jail. And for all of those people who are coming out and saying, oh, what about the Harvey Weinsteins? What about the Kevin Spaceys? What about this, that, and third? We talk about R. No- Kelly right now. I don't no. care. What I'm trying to say is, is that people were justifying it like, oh, they're trying to take a black man down. No, first of all, you know me. I'm a damn person who is like, everything is black and white. Everything is race. Mm -hmm. But this ain't that. You know what I'm saying? This ain't got nothing to do with, furthermore, R. Kelly took his own self down. More to that, he's been getting away with this. So ain't nobody trying to take his ass down. Nobody is trying to take him down because he already should have been down. He should have been down. He is running a cult of a cult of Mm -hmm. young women and like I women and like I said, they're getting younger and younger. And lastly, my fourth thing before I got to that fifth thing of Sparkles ass. The parents was three, but okay. Okay, the parents was three. Yeah, that's parents. That's that's where my problems lie. You sat in a chair. On a TV screen, as a man, as a father, and said, I ain't seen my baby girl in three years. No, uh, Negro, the money cut off. And that's the real reason why you're sitting here doing this documentary. Because it came out that you was the one who took your daughter to the, you took your daughter to the concert. Mm-hmm. When they mm-hmm. came and they got your daughter, you pointed out, like, go on ahead up on stage, go on stage. Now, this is later, R. Kelly. This ain't bump and grind, R. Kelly. This, right. This later at the step in the name of love, R. Kelly. So all of this stuff had been out. And you was like, yeah, go up there. Exactly. Like, you want to be a star. Let R. Kelly grind on your daughter. Now you're talking about, I ain't seen my daughter in three years. When the daughter came out of the hotel, she was like, what you doing? I'm mm-hmm. trying to finish up right. what we started. You was in cahoots with it. Now right. the purse strings is gone. Now you want to be father of the damn century. Ain't no way, and, and and I said this on a past podcast. Stop! I don't want no men like this around me. I don't want no men right. like right. this around me. I can't imagine my brother sitting on a documentary talk about I ain't seen my baby in three years. Not I can't neither. imagine that my brother wouldn't be in prison because exactly. he went exactly. to get his child. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't leave his child, mm-hmm. and then they kept saying stuff like, "Oh, we thought it was going to be okay because we was around." It really is crazy. It's it's like unbelievable crazy. And for people to say, and this is where my issue lies. When people sit and try to justify this thing, first of all, you know I say this all the time. I'm just going to start a crusade. Parent is a verb. You can have a child, whatever. Parent is a verb. And ch- children have to be raised. And I'm sorry, just like the girl who came to his trial, the one that he met through the trial, she she said it out her mouth. I know my mom worked on it. Now, my mom worked, too. My Mm -hmm. mom worked two two and three jobs sometimes, but she knew where the hell we were. Right. I mean, she knew what we was doing. She could tell like, oh, you stepped here, here, four paces. Well, you said you was going to be there. Well, why are you over there? What you doing over here? You ain't going to school today, Tisha. When I get home, you know, she knew all that. But that girl said, my mom does don't know what I do during the day. She, you know, I was skipping school and, you know, blah, blah, blah. My mom wouldn't know nothing about it because I know how she works. As long as I'm home for this, I'm, you know, and I'm doing that. And he, and she was in the house. He was letting her leave every day to go to school. And she mm-hmm. was coming back every day. 
But well, even even mind. that's what I was gonna say. Even with that, because it is true. I it is true that your mom may not know what you're doing every second of every day, but one of those seconds she's going to know something. One of those seconds she's going to. It, it, acknowledge something it, it you can't tell me that a person who is raised in a somewhat normal environment this is happening you just right. can't tell me right. i'm sorry i i know people who are raised and their parents are in active addiction and they still wouldn't be surviving r kelly exactly. in the sense of not surviving r kelly in the sense that he's messing with them or, or 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 having sex with them surviving r kelly in the sense of i'm staying with this grown-ass man it, and it all boils down to money i you know i was a huge r kelly fan i won't even sit here and say that i wasn't i'm a huge i was a huge fan of his music you know his music has even started seeing a spike after all of this has happened and i told my i told my coworker today i made a joke and it was a distasteful joke but i'll say it i was like yeah because people know he about to go down and they ain't gonna have that music no more so they try and get their listens in now I, I don't even care what happens to R. Kelly. I don't feel sorry for R. Kelly. Ain't nobody trying to take R. Kelly's ass down. R. Kelly deserves everything that's coming to him. If you locked up old-ass Bill Cosby, you want to lock up R. Kelly. You know, recently, he was dealing with a 19-year-old, and he's 50. And, you know, now right. he's getting them just at the... You know, just at the at legal, legal age. Right. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, I can't... because. But if he... If he could, he would still be dealing with a 15-year-old. And that And I'm not too sure that he's not. The thing about sexual predators is that, you know, studies and research say there's no cure for that. Mm -hmm. They don't change. It just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And then he wanna say, did you hear a statement? I didn't watch it, but I'm suing everybody involved. I'm really surprised that his camp, to be honest with you, this is how you know that he don't got no money. Cause I'm very surprised that his camp even allowed for this documentary to come out. Cause like I said, if nobody believed that R. Kelly was doing the things that they're mm -hmm. that that he's accused of, you mm -hmm. believe it now because right. never have you had actual victims come out and tell their story. Now, whether you think that those victims was there just because they wanted some money or anything like that, you have to look at it and say, ah, you know, yes, there's truth to it. That's right. It's definitely true to it. And where there's smoke, there's fire. And so, you know, something is going on and that's the bottom line. And hopefully they, they get to the bottom of it. They investigate this and they throw R Kelly under the jail because this is have this has to stop. It's pedophilia. You know, mm -hmm. what's the difference between R Kelly being 50 and dealing with a 14 year old and a man being 50 and dealing with a seven year old. It's the same shit. And this, the same is, shit. this is the last thing. And you know, I don't condone violence or anything. I don't. But I just, in my mind, my mind, I can't wrap my head around the fact, like, R. Kelly is not protected by Secret Service At or anything. anything. I just don't understand how a parent hasn't come up on, like, shot him. Go with him on a bed. I mean, what? A tour date and boop, boop. I mean, you know. Let me tell you something. People I who just, I know, they go to jail for way less. Exactly. And so, and if, I just want to believe, I want to believe in my heart that God forbid if it was me, well, I don't know, because 
I don't know, because they did talk about how if he's if he thought you had a strong mind, you wasn't the kind that would stay. Oh, well, no, of you course know? not. So, oh, I mean, no. I got for, I mean, I just don't see where it could be me. But I'm just saying I would just like to think that the men in my family that I know. Yeah, they would have handled that, like whether yeah. I liked it or not. Exactly. I don't have opinions. I don't have say so. I don't have none of that. And right. I would like to believe that it would be handled. You know, yeah. my dads, my aunts, my uncles, they came to get me. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, my, I wasn't like, oh, I was trying to get, get in me. contact with you yeah, no. at the studio, but I couldn't today. No, that doesn't make sense. And in closing, the sixth thing, <laughs> the sixth thing, Andrea Kelly. Ugh. Andrea Kelly, who is the ex-wife of R. Kelly. Oh. You look like a fool. She looked like you a had... fool when she was on that reality show. Uh, yeah, well, that's true, but... She looks like a fool. You are on here crying, talking about all the abuse that you suffered from this man. And that's not to say that you did not suffer the abuse. You're making videos on Facebook and on Instagram and stuff like that. And whether they be old videos or new videos, the fact that you're defending this man and you're talking about, oh, I always love him. I always respect him because he didn't turn his back on his kids. That doesn't what? make sense. You based off totally of what contradicted you said. yourself. Exactly. exactly. Based off of what you said on the documentary, you said he was a parent when he wanted to be a parent. He didn't care about your kids, that your kids had to go to school and hear that he was a rapist and hear that he was with young girls. You didn't care about that then. Now, all of a sudden, you coming out and you saying, oh, I, I respect him because he this, that, and the third. Oh, Andrea Kelly, you know, get help yourself, sweetheart, because you obviously yes. haven't moved on in the capacity that you need to move on either. And and that's what I have in closing. That was heavy. It was heavy. You know, rape culture is a heavy thing. And for people out there who may be experiencing something and you feel like even in the pit of your stomach and that it may be wrong, seek help. If you have been raped, there are places that you can go, you know, National Rape Hotline, uh, where you have counselors and people yes. like that who can help you get through the traumatic situations that you have experienced. And we just want to pray for all of the victims who have and are continuing to experience right. rape. And, and if a abuse. child tells you they don't feel comfortable around someone, mm -hmm. investigate. Yes. If a child tells you someone is touching them, believe them. Buy on the side of caution always. That's right. That's and right. parent is a verb. All right. Do you have a personal journal for this week? I do. And in light of all of these uh, things that have been occurring, my personal journal is I'm just looking at my gift box on my vision board. And in my gift box, my my gifts, my presence is it says grace, success, winner circle, fabulous, healthy, and healed. Mm -hmm. And I am just grateful that I am realizing uh each day how much more I am all those things. Sometimes you just have to have an attitude of gratitude that things that could have happened did not. You know, things that did not happen were for my better. And I'm just trying to focus on those gifts that I have. Be more grateful and more thankful. And that's my personal journal. That's a good one. 
Okay, this week, my personal journal, because I'm looking at my vision board, too, since in 2019, I said, I'm going to add more stuff to the vision board, and I'm going to really start looking at it, because I brought it to the place where I could see it, but I want to look at it and focus on Mm -hmm. it and start knocking some things off. So on my vision board, I also had live out loud. That's what I want to focus on this week. I'm going on a birthday trip. I'm turning 40. You're older than me now. Man, I can't even believe it. (laughs) And it's a big deal. Uh, Someone else asked me, how you feel about turning 40? And I was like, I feel fine. But I really sat back and thought about it. Like, you know, and I had one of those moments of, oh, I'm not where I really want to be. You know, then I had one of those moments of I'm not where I could be. You know, then Mm -hmm. I had where one of those moments and the moment of I'm right where I need to be. I'm right where I need to be. I know the things that I want to adjust and I know the things that I want to, you know, work on when I'm now that I'm 40 and I want to live out loud. I really want to enjoy life, you know, more than I enjoy it now. Mm-hmm. which goes with the worrying less and the stressing less, you know, the focusing on me that I talked all about last year, just live in my truth, live out loud and live and love and learn to experience life more abundantly. And so mm-hmm. that's what my personal journal is for this week. All right. So we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. It was a little heavy, but it was discussions that needed to be had. Remember, you can always follow us on social media. We're at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Did That Shit. If you want to send us anything talking about rape culture, if you've been raped, if we can point you in some directions that could get you some help. Again, you know, we are no counselors, but we will surely point you in the right direction. Send us the email. It could be anonymous. Uh, we did that shit at gmail.com. Again, it's one word. We did that shit at gmail.com. Remember, you can always follow me on Twitter at mymy13. That's M-Y-M-Y-1-3. And I'm at the Amina. That's B-I-B-B-I-A-M-I-N-A. And we'll be here same time next week. Remember, an all-new episode drops each and every Monday. Remember... Be great this week. Do that shit. I love you, Maya. Love you too. Have a great trip, Maya. Thank you. I miss you already. Woo, woo. <laughs> Bye.